0: Sharp as a sword thrust, the sound of a horn split the air. Bright and baneful was its voice, a shivering hot scream that made a man's bones seem to thrum within him. The cry lingered in the damp sea air.
1: The black priest pointed to one golden band. Here the horn is named. I am Dragonbinder. Hello and welcome to another episode of History of Westeros podcast, a podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series, as well as HBO's Game of Thrones. Today, however... Our episode is solely geared towards the book series, as the TV series hasn't reached this particular point yet. There are some minor The Winds of Winter spoilers, specifically uh, an unreleased Victorian chapter.
0: Now, we're not getting into the heavy details of that chapter. We're borrowing a few things from it to make this episode. So if you're spoiler conscious, I wouldn't worry too much about it, because the details we get are not particularly uh, groundbreaking. They're not anything that's going to spoil you on any major plot line, or even really any minor plot lines. It's just a few pieces of detail that we pulled that are really helpful for us to get in the picture on this porn. Uh, We're certainly not going to understand, tell you anything about what happens when it blows. We don't know that as well as anybody else. So... This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me out of Fear! Safety checklist is
1: complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh! Sad! This is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney Ah! and
0: Pixar's Inside Out 2.
1: There's a part two?
0: We're going! Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. No. Carved it in the blood of our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become?
1: Senua Saga. Hellblade
0: 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, but what, during our, our research for the Battle of Fire episode, which was our most recent one before this, we learned a lot about the Dragonhorn, and we decided not to include that information in that episode because it was just too much of a tangent. We would have mm-hmm. spent... A quarter or a third of the episode <laughs> Just talking about the horn, and we really wanted to focus on the battle mm-hmm. and marine itself, not the horn. Uh, so, Dragon Miter gets its own episode.
1: hmm. So, there aren't really a lot of magical items in the series, there are Valyrian steel blades you know, whose magic seems to be pretty simple. They're very sharp, they're very light, they look kinda cool sometimes. pretty straightforward. Yeah, they're straightforward. They, you know, a common theme is that old powers are awakening, you know, but there still aren't really magical items like rings and staves and wands. There's this dragon horn and another horn that we see that are, you know, pretty magical though. We probably don't need to provide you a lot of proof, though, that the horn is magical. You've read the book series yourself. I mean, I don't know what else. You think it's science happening here? <laughs> it has glowing runes. Smoke is coming out of it. It killed the man who blew it. I mean, and it makes a, a terrifying, soul-churning sound. Especially so there, when Roy Dutrice says that's it.
0: So, that science cannot explain. No. <laughs> a good example uh, of the sound it makes is is in the text. Is a quote from Aaron Greyjoy, also known as Damp Hair. Uh, here's the rest of that quote. Okay, I can't sound like this horn. I obviously, I don't have that technology, that science, that magic. But we, but we do have the magic of counting. Four lowercase a's, two capital R's, four capital E's, and seventeen lowercase e's. <laughs> All eyes turned toward the sound. It was one of Euron's mongrels winding the call. A monstrous man with a shaved head. Rings of gold and jade and jet glistened on his arms. And on his broad chest was a tattooed bird of prey. Talon's dripping blood. Now we have four lowercase a's, three capital R's, four lowercase e's, and twenty-five lowercase e's for the second sounding of the horn. The horn he blew was a shiny black and twisted, and taller than a man as he held it with both hands. It was bound about with bands of red gold and dark steel, incised with ancient Valyrian glyphs that seemed to glow redly as the sound swelled. Mm -hmm. Roy Dotrice does do an impression of the horn, so we'll go ahead and give you that much. Yes. It was a terrible sound, a wall of pain and fury that seemed to burn the ears. Aaron hair covered his and prayed for the drowned god to raise a mighty wave to smash the horn to silence. Yet still the shriek went on and on. It is the horn of hell, he wanted to scream, though no man would have heard him. The cheeks of the tattooed man were so puffed out that they looked about to burst. And the muscles in his chest twitched in a way that made it seem as if the bird were about to rip free of his flesh and take wing. And now the glyphs shimmering with white fire. And on and on the sound went, echoing amongst the howling hills behind them and across the waters of Naga's Cradle to ring against the mountains of Great Wyke. On and on and on until it filled the whole wet world. And when it seemed the sound would never end, it did. The hornblower's breath failed at last. He staggered and almost fell. The priest saw Orkwood of Orkmont catch him by one arm to hold him up, whilst left-hand Lucas Cod took the twisted black horn from his hands. Mm -hmm. A thin wisp of smoke was rising from the horn, and the priest saw blood and blisters upon the lips of the man who'd sounded it. The bird on his chest was bleeding, too. Mm.
1: Now Euron tells us that the man who blew the horn died, and that a maester cut him open and found that his lungs were charred as black as soot. This is probably true. Macoro um, also claims that the horn would kill whoever blew it. He doesn't go into detail about how it would kill them, but it, I, I don't know why Euron would make up how he died. Yeah. Uh,
0: There'd have to be both of them would have to be lying They about,
1: Both of them would have to be lying about that. Uh, we didn't see the man to, uh, die. Perhaps Euron could have told the lie about the hornblower's death to keep Victorian from killing himself. Any, probably yeah. not. We, we just throw it out there. We like to throw out all the different ways to look at a thing.
0: But yeah, but we're not standing behind that theory, but we did throw it out there. Yeah. Aaron's older brother, Victorian, also gives us a description of how the horn sounds. After Makoro asks, Have you ever heard it sound?
1: Victorian replies, Once. The sound it made, it burned somehow, as if my bones were on fire, searing my flesh from within. Those writings glowed red hot, then white hot, and painful to look upon. It seemed as if the sound would never end. It was like some long scream, a thousand screams, all melted into one.
0: I have a hard time imagining how awful <laughs> thing like that, this, this described like that, would sound in real life. Uh, but it's just, yeah, I
1: mean, it's, I, I don't know. Roy Dotrice was pretty terrifying right there, I think. Yeah. It's <laughs> a
0: screaming sound, apparently, as opposed to what you would probably expect from a huge horn. Uh, more, normally you'd expect, I guess, like a bass or a baritone kind of sound. But this is like a higher register, which is a bit unusual um, for such a big horn, usually small horns, like trombones and trumpets, or not trombones, like trumpets and <laughs> all those kinds of things make the higher pitch sounds like that. So, science, once again, we're trying to apply to magic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the fire and blood motif is very apparent. Uh, Victorian and Aaron describe burning sensations, and they both note how the, bl- the glyphs burn white hot, and the horn is seen to give off some smoke, and then blood was seen to come out of the hornblower's chest. As well as his lips. So, let's, let's take a look at the horn itself.
0: Another quote. A twisted thing it was, six feet long from end to end, gleaming black and banded f- with red gold and dark Valyrian steel. Euron's hellhorn. Victorian ran his hand along it. The horn was as warm and smooth as the dusky woman's thighs. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we couldn't help but laugh at that one there. And so shiny that he could see a twisted likeness of his own features in its depths. Strange sorcerous writings had been cut into the bands that girded it. Valyrian glyphs, Makoro called them.
1: So it appears that the horn has at least three bands of precious metal, and they've been described individually. There could be more, but I feel like they would have been described Mm. if they were... if they were bands inscribed with anything in any case uh, the first golden golden band is the one that has the name I am Dragon Binder that we mm. read at the beginning
0: the second golden band has the warning no mortal man shall sound me and live
1: it's a very curious use of the word mortal man mortal man shall sound me and live you yeah. know we we've we've thrown out in other episodes the possibility that Victorian or someone is not actually truly mortal Mortal men, I mean, Makoro could even not be mortal. Think about this. Mortal men don't survive ten days floating at sea in (laughs) in general. And Makoro did that. Also think about Melisandre. Would you call her mortal? She's also a red priest.
0: Yeah, and she claims she doesn't need to eat or sleep Mm -hmm. or really drink. She kind of does those things just to Mm -hmm. keep up appearances. So, I don't know, that doesn't sound mortal to me. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I guess there's also the possibility that they're playing with the term... Man, and maybe a woman could blow the horn. I'm not sure uh, that that might be too much of a lawyery mm-hmm. impression of how it works. But but the show is playing with that notion with Daenerys's l- l- recent uh, lines, I suppose.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so, and of course, there's a the chance that Victorian is because of that strange scene on the boat where he gets this burned arm that maybe he's something along the lines of Barrack or Catlin where they're alive and they seem to be somewhat human but they're clearly not because we saw them die <laughs> so mm-hmm. the Victorian we're not as sure but that has to be considered a possibility.
1: Third band uh, is of Valyrian steel as well uh, it says uh, blood for fire fire for blood And, you know, perhaps, like I said, perhaps there are more bands, but if anything's written on them, we're in the dark, and I don't think there are.
0: Yeah, that would be a pretty big hidden thing for us there. but, But it is predominantly black, and note that the gold bands are described as red gold, not the more common yellow gold. So, apart from the Valyrian steel band, the horn is black and red, black with red, rather, precisely the house Targaryen's colors. It's
1: even possible that rather than the horn being themed with Targaryen colors, it's possible that the Targaryens took the, the, the various horns' colors for their own sigils' colors.
0: Right, this this could be where they got their colors from in the first place. And, and
1: their motto, fire and blood.
0: Yeah, the horn is really old. It might predate them. We don't know. Well, we think it's really old. It seems to be. Yeah. But anyway. The horn is de- definitively stated to be made from an actual dragon's horn. Uh, a horn taller than most humans, about six feet, I guess. The horn is black, so perhaps it came from a black dragon or a dark-colored dragon, a dragon that had some black mm-hmm. in it. This cast is based on the knowledge that Viserion's horns are golden.
1: Of course, though, Drogon is black, but he has red horns. Mm. Was Balerion the Black Dread, however? Did, were his horns black? It seems more likely he's described... As
0: that. Yeah, he might be uh, all black, or maybe yeah, uh, he Black is a huge or... part of
1: his descriptor. Having yeah. Black <laughs> horns would fit in with that, but Drogon is black, red horns. So, you know. We weren't able to
0: find out what color Rhaegar's horns were we searched yeah, the it text, and he's bronze and gold, or bronze and green are his colors, so I so guess. Green
1: horns? Bronze horns. Yeah, his horns are
0: one of those two, I guess. I kind
1: of figure bronze.
0: But the name of the horn itself is it's kind of interesting, too, just Dragon Binder. Uh, Valyrian steel swords are given names too, of course, but none of them have the name etched on it, as far as we know. And it's kind of—it's also kind of like it makes it sound like it's a standalone. Like if there were <laughs> lots of these horns, would that one be called Dragon Binder? Wouldn't yeah. Dragon Binder, Dragon Summoner, Dragon <laughs> Controller. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you could come up with some other creative names, but it seems like kind of. Straightforward. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. if we can read it too much into that. But
1: yeah, it is interesting it made to think It made me think. Apparently, though, there are a few other horns out there. For one, we hear uh, tales that Lord Celtigar of Claw Isle has a horn that can summon krakens seems to me that that's the horror that the Greyjoy should be using, right? I mean, why? what are they doing messing with the dragon?
0: Yeah, they should stay with their own sigil and go ahead and get them a real kraken. That yeah. would really make them rule the seas if they yeah. could summon krakens. They would totally annihilate the, yeah, the uh, red Bra- Wine The Brachians are going to
1: rule the kingdom with their stag. <laughs> An army <laughs> and of stags. The are going to, you know, the roses are yeah, going to cover the if, kingdom. I think if <laughs> all
0: the sigils became real animals and decided to fight, I think Targaryens would come out on top, except for on the sea. The Greyjoys would going to True. I would love to see a, a Kraken pull a, a dragon underwater. The sun underwater. with a spear through it. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. We have to. The sun could actually win over everybody. <laughs> the sun destroys yes. all.
1: Uh, there's also the, the broken horn that Ghost and John find buried with all the dragon glass we- weapons in the Night's Watch cloak.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's we have no idea what that horn does. It's broken, it can't be blown. But the fact that it was stashed with all these other interesting items, well, just the, the obsidian, which are not <laughs> really so important. And the Night's Watch cloak, which is, you know, makes you think maybe there's something to it, but we'll just have to wait on that. We have no idea. But maybe it'll turn out that the simplest looking horn is the one that <laughs> is the actual magic one. But uh-huh. probably not, because this horn is definitively magic. We just don't know exactly what it's gonna do. Uh, but the one the other horn that we have the best description of the one that helps us do a comparison since -hmm. details on the others are are pretty scant is the the horn that mance had in his tent the one he claimed was the horn of jorman which is supposedly capable of bringing down the wall now we're not Mm going to claim that that's actually what this horn was or that we know that the horn actually does that meaning bring down the wall but mance said that's what it was and that horn was eight feet long, so even longer than Dragonbinder. And it was also black and banded in gold, but no Valyrian steel. The gold on this one is so old that John mistook it for bronze at mm-hmm. first. But there's also runes on it, not glyphs. And these are apparently runes from the first men. So, a couple theories out there that try to link these two horns, but I, I'm not seeing it. It just doesn't seem to fit. Mm-hmm. Really, the only similarity is that they're huge and they're black and they're old and they have some gold but the gold isn't even the same kind of gold so it's pretty thin the connection there but it's the only other big horn we have <laughs> so we you know we want to make at least go ahead and do that comparison that horn we don't know where it came from like i said the dragon binder apparently uh, comes from an actual dragon's horn we don't know what kind of creature else could have such a horn that big so this eight foot horn that Mance had where did that come from? It's, if it came from a real creature, I do not know what beast could could have eight-foot mm. horns. I mean, that's that's kind of scary. Unicorn. <laughs> super okay. unicorn. Yeah, super unicorn. Windy horn.
1: Yeah. Horn. Uh, in any case, though, this horn is quite thoroughly burned and destroyed. Yeah, thanks, Melissa. So its origin and function quite likely will just remain a mystery.
0: But we do know a bit more about the origin of Dragonwinder itself, so let's get into that. As far as who made it, we can only guess. Uh, as we said earlier, we're told it's carved from the actual horn of a dragon, but it is, however it was created, it's pretty certain that no living person knows how to make a new one. Now, it's a pretty safe bet that the Valyrians made it, but when or how uh, is pretty much not available to us at this mm-hmm. point. But we can make a few guesses, and there's some, a couple of details that we can dig pretty deep into and make a few interesting inferences. It does seem like the knowledge of Valyrian steel was lost. Uh, there's a few people that know how to make it, or rather, reshape Valyrian steel. No one knows how to make it from scratch, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. So, if that knowledge is lost, well, it seems that seems less complicated than this horn. So, if, <laughs> if no one knows how to make Valyrian steel, then they probably don't know how to make another horn like this. Yeah. But, maybe. But...
1: Yeah, it's probably it probably no one who could even rework the horn. How to even rework it? Yeah. I mean, unless you count claiming it with blood as reworking it. You know, yes. originally it was bound to the Targaryen blood, and now and then yeah. it was bound to Euron, and now it's bound to Victorian. I, I, you know, but the presence of a Valyrian steel band on it does indicate that the horn was not used for the. It was not made prior to the taming of dragons. Valyrian steel requires dragon dragon flame, so uh, the the Valyrian steel c- bands could have been added after the creation of the horn. But then the horn is made of a dry Like I find it more likely that this is a refined horn that they used, whatever they used to first bind the dragons, whether it was a horn or something else. I feel like this is a refined version, made after the domestication of dragons, so to say. Uh, So, with that in mind, though, you can consider that in the Princess and the Queen um, excerpts review that we have, which, you know, we did an episode on, by the way. Check that out if you haven't,
0: definitely. It was
1: stated that dragons will only accept and bond with riders of Targaryen blood. Now, I think that we can substitute this with the Valyrian or most Valyrians, the, the Valyrians that were part of the dragon riding class, right?
0: Certainly at least them. And if you think about the fact that the, the 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 Targaryens and the Valyrians have been controlling dragons for so long before the doom, like thousands of years, what Asha is saying makes a lot of sense as far as calling it the, you know, maybe thinking of earlier versions of a horn, maybe they had they they the their techniques horn. right? the proto like a proto horn is a good term. But basically they Develop tools to control dragons over the, over thousands of years, and of course, these these methods and tools became more and more refined mm-hmm. until all of a sudden, all that was wiped out by the doom.
1: <laughs> so, you know, Dragon Binder, if you think about it being a refined creation, you know, would that mean that it has more of
0: stronger or just is it more stronger? powerful?
1: Stronger? Is it? You know, is it more specific, more particular? Like the Dragon Binder binds it to one person rather than a bloodline, as maybe the earlier horns did. Maybe it binds it to all the bloodline, or we maybe can, it just
0: blows louder and it reaches yeah. farther distances. It could be more mundane, a more mundane type of improvement. Yeah. All these so, things are pretty valid guesses. So
1: will it bind it to one particular person, Victorian or Euron, or to an entire bloodline, Greyjoy or simply Ironborn?
0: Now, uh, referring back to the Princess and the Queen again for a minute, now we've only got an excerpt of that, but we've also got... Knowledge of the Dance of the Dragons outside of that excerpt, and there's no mention of any kind of horns during mm-hmm. the Dance of the Dragons or anything like that, or during the early Targaryen era when the Targaryens, after Aegon, who had dragons, no mention of horns at all. So we're pretty sure this horn, you know, was, or anything like it, was never in Westeros or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was it originated in Essos, and any if there's another copy of this horn or something like it out there, that's probably in Essos too. We never mm-hmm. we never hear about that prior to you know a feast for crows really besides well that's not true we have heard about horns there's vague mentions of horns that will a couple of these quotes will be in later in the episode in fact pretty but none of those things reference anything to do with Westeros. they all refer to valyria so what we might be faced with let's say as maybe a guess potential guess uh, to how the horn might work if if claiming it with blood works sort of in the way we're imagining here we might see Rhaegal and or Viserion switch over to Greyjoy blood Mm -hmm. they may be bound to the Greyjoy blood because of the blowing of this horn if it's really that powerful and they use it correctly which of course Mm -hmm. is no sure thing at all Um, now since Euron is kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes and we're quite sure that he's going to outwit his brother even though Victarion kind of has a a few things that he's figured out and of course Makoro being the real wild card there Mm -hmm. that no one planned for we are pretty sure that if any Greyjoy is going to ride a dragon, it's still going to be Euron, despite the fact that, that mm-hmm. victorian has got Makoro now, and that Makoro yes. is possibly I mean, going to mess some things up. Yeah,
1: I mean, of course, though, if Makoro knew that it would work in such a way to, like, bind these dragons to Greyjoy blood, not Targaryen blood, it seems unlikely that he would help Victarion do, sh- Vic- do something contrary to Daenerys's interests.
0: So we suspect the unex- unexpected, you would say. There's no, uh, there's no chance of, of it going really smoothly or ordinarily or just kind of like straight down the middle. We think it's going to be something kind of, George has got something in mind for something clever. <laughs> so now consider that alongside the horn itself, uh, if Valyrian slash Targaryen blood is necessary for bonding with a dragon and indeed allows one to do so, well, why did they need a horn in
1: the first place? Well, Danny gives us this quote. The dragon lords of old Valyria had controlled their mounts with binding spells and sorcerous horns. Daenerys made do with a word and a whip.
0: So perhaps the horns were used in conjunction with proper blood. Something along those lines. Maybe they, it's its a, a matter of, well, you got to actually get the dragon to come near you in the first place if you want to tame it. I don't know, maybe it's just hanging out way, you know, some cliff somewhere. How are you going to get it to come near you and <laughs> bond with it, whatever that means. Daenerys had to get up close and personal with Drogon, so you know maybe there's something to that. Um, but Danny's not an expert on dragon lore. That quote she gave us doesn't necessarily mean she knows what she's talking about. She learned everything she learned from Viserys. And Viserys was just a little boy when he fled Dragonstone. Yeah. So it's not like he had a lot of access to dragon lore or learning mm. about these things. So she, uh, and neither he or she, can be considered real experts on it. They uh, they hopefully will learn a little more in the people, Well, not they. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> she will learn a little more in the future. And she certainly... Got some people coming to her that may be able to help with that, but...
1: Yeah. Daenerys certainly does seem to have me do. I mean, she's bonded with Drogon, and she has no horn. And We're told dragons never have two riders at a time, nor can riders bond with a second dragon. But when a dragon rider dies, the dragon can bond with someone new. So, perhaps the, the horn is needed when a dragon gets switched to a new rider. Again, though, we didn't hear about it in The Dance of the Dragons. We didn't hear about it in Westeros, and so I don't really think that they had any horns.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think we would have heard about that if we had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, let's move on to looking at the next bit about the horn itself. Let's take a look at the next quote related to the horn itself.
1: Oh, yeah, certainly this quote is likely to be relevant as well. Uh, Makoro pointed to the band of Valyrian steel. Here, blood for fire, fire for blood. Who blows the hellhorn matters not. The dragons will come to the horn's master. You must claim the horn with blood.
0: The Targ words, as we all know, are fire and blood. This might be where Makoro is deliberately misleading the translation or the meaning of the glyphs mm-hmm. or the runes. The horn may have the opposite effect that Vic and Euron believe. Perhaps the horn will only work for a Targaryen, as we said. Um and no matter who blows it, the result may be that it just makes things easier for Danny. Yeah, it <laughs> Maybe it's become more tractable or whatever. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> probably not though. We're we're still gonna predict some sort of chaos and some sort of, you know, non happy complete <laughs> happy ending here.
1: <laughs> yeah. A little too easy for George. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that the claim the horn with blood is a good place for Makoro to spin things a bit. I mean, as we pointed out, there are a lot of reasons not to trust Makoro. I mean, for Vicarion not to trust Makoro, we think Daenerys should trust him. Uh, yeah. But is this something that he needs to lie about? He may be lying about the interpretation of the runes, or about what they actually say. Or maybe he just omitted some key details that will ruin the plan.
0: Right, like for example, maybe there's more writing that we, we talked yeah. about the fact that we've only got three of the bands. Maybe the Maybe described. the blood for
1: fire, fire for blood is they actually saying you know that only target you know fire and blood only targeting. <laughs> there's
0: right. maybe there's a fourth band with an asterisk <laughs> that says actually <laughs> the correct. You know, there's a the fine print on the horn. <laughs> Euron didn't read the fine print, but Nicoro <laughs> did. <laughs> so did so. Here, let's let's talk a bit more about where it actually came from. Now, did is there any chance that Euron's claim that he found it In Valyria is that—is there any chance that that's Accurate?
1: No He almost <laughs> yeah, certainly <no. laughs> made that Up so he could sound like a bigger Badass <laughs> I mean Roderick the Reader the Lord of Harlaw he Openly questions Euron's claim About having gone to Valyria He's pretty well educated and the reader uh, Unlike pretty much <laughs> the Rest of his countrymen yeah. so While others might swallow that lie In, in ignorance the Reader did not Yeah Neither
0: did we. No, neither did we. <laughs> we're also well read. Maybe not as well read as the reader, but yeah, we're pretty not. well read. No, I mean, no one's given me a nickname like the reader or <laughs> the, the, the interpreter or <laughs> like that. But I'm not the Lord of Harlaw.
1: So.
0: <laughs> remember that the that he first tells his tale. That's Euron of going to Valyria during the King's mood. Of course, he's gonna you know talk himself up and make himself sound like as big a badass as he can. So he's trying, basically, you know, he's trying to sell himself as the next Ironborn king. So he's going to tell mm-hmm. tall tales and make himself sound great. So exaggeration, of course, is something we should predict from that. Now, but the truth, though, is that he probably got it from the warlocks. Mm-hmm. The warlocks, you say? I do say. Yes, you do, <laughs> okay. uh, and I say it too. No, you're seriously. We're talking about Piat Pri, as in the one who led Danny to the House of the Undying. We're pretty sure that that connection was made That Euron actually captured Piat Pri and some of his friends Mm -hmm. And he tells us this story Of Piat Pri While trying to get Victorian To drink a suspicious beverage
1: Shade of the evening The wine of the warlocks I came upon a cask of it When I captured a certain galley Out in Carth Along with some cloves and nutmeg Forty bolts of green silk and four warlocks who told a curious tale. One presumed to threaten me, so I killed him and fed him to the other three. Oh, it's dark. Oh. Well, fed I mean, have him. you
0: never eaten warlocks <laughs> before? It's, it's pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he cooked him with the clothes and nutmeg. And,
0: <laughs> and wore the green and, and silk yeah, to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> The curious tale, though, that Euron refers to, that the warlocks told him, is none other than the reveal that Daenerys and her three dragons exist. Um, Of course, as an aside, this probably means Pri is dead. He was probably the leader referred to that got, that, that, you know, talked back to Euron Uh and and got fed to his his three compatriots. Mm.
1: But where did the warlocks get it? I mean, it seems they did not have it when they first encountered Danny. I mean, we would have seen them use it, probably. I mean, it was the dragons that they wanted all along. Why wouldn't they use the horn that they had? So it seems that they probably acquired it sometime after the destruction of the House of the Undying.
0: Right. Now, despite what we said earlier about... It probably having been made a long time, and no one having during the, the Age of Valyria, again, Yeah. But I guess there's a tiny chance they could have made something. If like Anyone
1: a, could make it. Themselves. It would be them. Yeah. Or I the I people in a shy, Inish- I guess. But, yeah.
0: but we know, and we know, for example, that the skulls in King's Landing of, of the old dragons are black. So we know that pretty much all dragon skulls are black. If not all dragon skulls mm-hmm. are black, they have black teeth and all that. Tyrion reveals that to us from his his point of view. Mm-hmm. So the horn, they could have just gotten a dragon skull from somewhere. And, you know, put some bands around it And, I don't know, uh, who knows (laughs) But it really doesn't seem like the warlocks are, uh, you know, on the level of the old Uh Valyrian sorcerers So we'll just call that a really, uh, an out there kind of theory Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll call that pretty
1: crackpot Yeah, pretty doubtful
0: Yeah, doubtful Um, It's possible that Euron got it somewhere besides the warlocks Maybe he didn't get it from them Maybe we're just wrong about that Maybe he just got the tail from them but yeah. where else would that be? Maybe Ashai. Has a dragon <laughs> Maybe Ashai. Ashai makes sense for him to yeah. go. Like Ashai is on the map. It's not yeah. some strange legendary place. It's a real city. We don't know a lot about it, but it's certainly real. Unlike, mm. well, Valeria's is real, but yeah. going there <laughs> is probably not very real. I mean, no matter how badass you are, you're on. You need yeah. oxygen to breathe, and there isn't much of it there.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget that Tyrion's uncle Jeryn. He tried to sail Valyrian. He just he just vanished. Yeah, he, he disappeared. Vanished. And no
0: one would go with him. He had to hire He's slaves. He's the king
1: so. of Valyria. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> now, Euron also had a dragonzag at one point. Now that's kind of interesting. Um, it's tempting to consider that he got this from the warlocks as well. But the timeline doesn't really fit that because he says that he had it for a while. Um, he may have gotten that from Ashai. That that yeah. makes a lot of sense. We hear, we see Bran's vision at the beginning of the books when he's in his coma, and he sees he's, he sees something about dragons under the shadow at Ashai. Now, mm-hmm. of course, we're told that Daenerys' dragons are the only living dragons, but there's that vision that Bran has about dragons under the shadow near Ashai. So, mm-hmm. if any pla- if there's any place to get eggs, that might be it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's more believable. I mean, he tells vegetarian that he hired a Mirish wizard to hatch it. A wizard, yeah. yeah. And that the wizard <laughs> spent much time on it. Euron killed him eventually. He was bored with his excuses. Not only does the timeline, you know, probably not fit, but it's hard to imagine why Euron lied to conceal that he got the eggs just from the warlocks. Yeah,
0: what does he care who finds it knows where he got it from? That doesn't matter. Hmm. I mean, he's <laughs> he's a pirate. He, he stole it from somebody. I mean, yeah. of course he did. <laughs> So the egg, by the way, as a small aside here, the egg is almost certainly how he paid the faceless man to kill Balon. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll get into, if, you, if you're you not familiar with Euron killing Balon theories, there's, you know, there's, uh, how I mean, how else did Balon, or did Euron know that Balon was dead? He, he shows up the day after. There's no internet. There's Ravens take far longer than that. He sailed in. I mean, he was at sea. When Balon died, so yeah, uh, yeah, he just <laughs> happened to return back to a place where he was told never to come back. On the day after the guy I see, who, you know, what I always
1: was curious to me, like I can see the benefit of like getting in there quick, you know, yeah, but I can also see the benefit of you know hanging back a week, yeah, you know? like it's so. I guess people would still say a week or a day. People would say he came back right then. But, I mean, a day after, like, who could not think that Euron killed Valon? Yeah,
0: who, who couldn't? I mean, but, but he wasn't there, so no one can prove it. Yeah. So it kind of just makes him seem more dangerous, because if he's, you know, he's got these wizards with him, he keeps warlocks with him, all that, it might, it makes people fear him. I mean, they mm-hmm. may think that some of his pets have these powers, and mm-hmm. or that he's got...
1: A faceless man with him all the time.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, that's, he has one on retainer. We've wow. said, said it before. <laughs> that's scary thought. <laughs> yeah, that <makes> him really <laughs> but dangerous. we can
1: consider this quote as proof that he might have he used the dragon egg to pay the Faceless Man.
0: Basically, he tells Victorian, or Victorian asks him, show me this dragon's egg.
1: And Euron says, I threw it in the sea during one of my dark moods.
0: Now, that proves to us that he killed Balon. Yeah. How might you say that? Well, because Balon was thrown into the sea, and you might think it would take a dark mood to kill your own brother <laughs> In order <laughs> his death. But. Yes. Let's be honest. Euron's a pirate. Is how bad would his mood have to be to literally just throw away an insanely valuable treasure? Remember how we, we hear early in the story is just how incredibly valuable dragon's eggs are. So really, yeah. threw it away. Yeah. I don't. I just don't yeah. think so.
1: He paid the Faceless Men for it, so the Faceless Men have another dragon egg. They, maybe they've already gotten paid with some in the past. They've, they're a long-running institution, but they certainly have one now.
0: That's paying the iron price, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny though that Euron got his Iron Throne starter kit from the warlocks
0: iron throne starter kit nice. the horn
1: <laughs> the knowledge of dragons and their owner and their location and maybe even the egg that he used to pay for his brother's assassination maybe yeah.
0: so he may have gotten all that in just one <laughs> one little act of piracy yeah. and all of a sudden he's on his way to the iron throne <laughs> we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse. Oh, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not
1: see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
0: So, let's talk about Euron's plan and the plan for the horn in general.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Euron tells us the horn you heard I found amongst the smoking ruins that were Valyria. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where no man has dared to walk but me. You heard its call and felt its power. It is a dragon horn, bound with bands of red, gold, and Valyrian steel graven with enchantments. The dragon lords of old sounded such horns before the doom devoured them. With this horn, Iron Man, I can bind dragons to my will.
1: Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, Vicarian intends to go to Slaver's Bay, steal all the dragons with the horn, and steal Danny by force. Simple. <laughs> Someone has to blow the horn... We know it won't be Bicarion or, on, on, or Euron itself. Bicarion arranges for some thralls to do it. You know, a, a bastard's bastard and a brute. <laughs> and
0: a boy. Was and a
1: boy, it? yeah. A boy, a brute, and a bastard's bastard. What's <laughs> bees. B, B, B. Anyways, uh, you know, we're pretty. he's pretty sure, we're pretty sure that blowing the horn causes death. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after that, Euron apparently expects to ride a dragon just defeat the <laughs> Lannisters, Tyrells, and whoever else resists him and win the Iron Prong. All simple.
0: thanks to that one ship carrying the <laughs> Warlocks.
1: All <Yeah>. there. Wow. <laughs> nice
0: plan, Euron. Good luck with that. Yes. But as we pointed out earlier, Makoro agrees that blowing the horn is death, so we're pretty sure about that. Uh, telling Victorian, your brother did not sound the horn himself, nor must you. The
1: mm-hmm. horn has
0: a shred of, like, one ring power kind of lust going for it. <laughs> this is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, Victorian refuses to let Makoro handle it alone. He doesn't really trust him with it. And there is this very curious passage that, that really got us thinking. Hmm. He brushed his hand across one of the red gold bands and the ancient glyph seemed to sing beneath his fingertips. For half a heartbeat, he wanted nothing so much as to sound the horn himself. Euron was a fool to give me this. It is a precious thing and powerful. With this, I'll win the Seastone Chair and then the Iron Throne. With this, I'll win the world.
1: Whoa. What? Where did this ambition come from? He wanted to sit the seastone chair. Yeah. Sure. He put his name forth, the Kingsman, after all. But not long ago, Victorian didn't seem to be big on the horn or, and dragons. He was more interested in Daenerys and getting revenge on Euron through her. But now he's thinking about conquering the world. <laughs> the world.
0: That's like what? <laughs>
1: not naming. He's thinking about conquering the Iron Throne. That's already a jump. But the world? Yeah. This will conquer the world? Like
0: he really just something's up with that. I think
1: you guys need to survey the world first. You know, <laughs> yeah, there. we've got the maps, and yeah. it doesn't show us the whole. world. No. I
0: mean it doesn't at all. So seems oh, he, to sing beneath yeah, the fingertips. Yeah. I mean that's just Victorian is not like this flowery wordy guy <laughs> that speaks in poetry so that's just like there's something happening there i mean and he's tempted to blow it that's the craziest thing about this i mean he thinks of he, he's got this temptation to blow it right after or even during telling some other people about how blowing it will kill them so he's like it's gonna kill people who blow it but i'm tempted to blow it like that's just insane right like Matt and victorian's a superstitious kind of fears magic he's kind of like you know, worries about that kind of thing. So it doesn't seem like he would just go, be gung ho about this. So I really feel like something is happening. Like there's something beyond just his own ambition, his own lust for power. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting.
1: It's Crackpot theory that you know maybe the reason Euron became so ambitious is same thing that's affecting Victorian right now. Horn, you know, perhaps is possessing them.
0: Uh, and and possible, but a possible problem with that is that you know. Euron did, after all, give the horn to Victorians into Victorian's possession <laughs> mm-hmm. to go ahead and do with what he did with it. So,
1: Danny yeah, yeah. was really ambitious in the first place. Yeah, he,
0: he seems to have already been kind of ambitious, so I don't know. It, we're not positive that this the horn has some sort of possession thing going on with it, but it's... The, the text is... It, it goes beyond just normal, you know, this is a powerful item. I can do something with it. It seems to be a little beyond that. So, mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. Um, but Makoro also could be pulling some strings. You know, he's already enchanted for lack of a better word <laughs> victorian's left arm up to the up to the elbow it's got that burning cracking thing it's smoking i mean yeah he can do that why not you know some sort of manipulation or some sort of control over mm-hmm. victorian i don't know that's possible mm-hmm. uh, there could be more to this this is the ritual that gave victorian the hand maybe there was something else to it maybe he also got you know some sort of control over mm-hmm. victorian i don't know uh, maybe that's why Victorian has the urge to blow the horn. You know, Victorian has king's blood, so maybe yeah. something <laughs> like him blowing it would have a big effect. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's foreshadowing of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he will blow it. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he would do that, but he's tempted to.
1: he's <laughs> tempted to. So, on top of Makoro's string pulling, there's also the Dusky Woman, who is probably an agent of Huron. Yeah. We discuss her and the possibility that she was contributing to the infection of Victorian's hand in our Battle of Fire episode. So yeah, you should check that. If you're watching this episode and you haven't watched that, I don't know why you wouldn't watch that episode. Yeah, it's, but, it's, it's one of our best. <laughs> uh, the other possibility is that it was the weakling. I like that you added in, an, you know, insult there. The weakling, <laughs> Mr. who is keeping Victorian's hand from healing. <laughs> but the dusky woman seems more likely. Or, I mean, if in fact one of them is indeed responsible. Hmm.
0: Now there's other reasons for Euron to want Victorian dead. Um, he certainly needed Victorian to lead the Iron Fleet. Uh, they're used to him being the captain, and Euron's kind of a new king. His power isn't necessarily settled. Even no matter how much they yelled for him at the King's Moot, they they weren't okay. excited about this whole go <laughs> to Slavers Bay and get the Dragon Horn totally. and the Dragon's thing. That was not that was not really their thing. They were like, why do that? We can go conquer the Arbor and sell at the Mander. Let's attack Westworld. They, they're they're not as Creative or lofty Forward with thinking. their ambitions. Yeah, they're not. That's right. So, yeah. but on the other hand, I don't think Euron would want Victorian dead before he completes this mission. It seems like he's kind of using Victorian, but he needs Victorian in a sense to kind of, you know, take the heat and do this dirty work. Mm-hmm.
1: So. so Dusky Woman could have been doing the infection on her own, as we said in the other episode.
0: Right. Now, uh, so there's a couple of possibilities there. Or the infection could just be... An infection that was yeah. troubling. And there doesn't have to be any sneaky thing going on there. And she could
1: but, still be a spy.
0: Right. They could both be true. There's yeah. Just because... Whatever. I mean, Euron gave her to him. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> he didn't just give him a gift. Come on, this is <laughs> Euron. This guy's just a master manipulator. So, uh, But a big question, probably the biggest question, the question we've been building up to this whole episode is what's going to happen if the horn actually works, or in general, what's going to happen with it? What if it works? Let's start with the simplest thing. What happens if it, it works kind of according to our simplest explanation, or our expectations rather?
1: Yeah, I mean, Danny ultimately, she wants to protect her children. Uh, so if the Horn works for Victorian and or Euron, and one or two of her dragons head off with the Iron Fleet, or just head off in general, she will have a really, really difficult decision to make. Marie needs to be settled and safe for those she freed and allied with. They're, they're, she calls them her children. You know, there are also her children. But if it isn't, can she, uh, you know, uh, afford to stay behind until it is? If someone has stolen her dragons, that could be the incentive that she needs to go to Westeros. Her dragons <laughs> have been stolen. <laughs> Finally,
0: the thing that gets her moving.
1: Yeah. I mean, unless she has a way... She has no way to pursue the Iron Th- Fleet. She'll probably choose her dragons over marine. They yeah. were her first children and her most powerful It'd children. be a tough decision, but I think
0: I agree. That's yeah. where she should go.
1: But that does seem a little unlikely. I mean, again, Makora was sent by the, the head priest of the Red Temple. Benaro. Yeah, who is 100% devoted to Daenerys.
0: Yeah,
1: no the, These are religious people who believe Daenerys is Azor Ahai, their savior. Macoro is not going to stand behind, uh, stand by and what, and allow Daenerys' cause to suffer harm. So I think he's going to pull a maneuver. Yeah, a maneuver. I think he
0: really Macoro or Benero not being behind Danny is kind of like the pope not being behind Jesus. I mean, it's just it's <laughs> that simple, really. Uh, there he she they believe she's the actual savior of the world. There's just yeah. no room for doubt, there. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they had a vision. The only way to get her to Westeros was to take her dragons. Ha!
0: Huh. Wow, right. that now that's yeah. They may they may manipulate her into doing yeah, the right, right thing. That's maybe. definitely possible. We can't but, expect that they're gonna. They may toy with her. They may try to get her to do the right thing. Yeah, either way, it's
1: maneuver to benefit Daenerys.
0: Right. They they're and to save the world, of yeah. course. <laughs> that's <what> they, ultimately <laughs> yeah, that's Yeah, they, they don't really care about Daenerys is. as
1: long as she fulfills her purpose. <laughs> yeah, they don't right. care about her at all. I don't think.
0: And the simplest thing Makoro could do, I suppose, is just to steal the horn and, you know, give it to Daenerys or mm, kill get it Victorian. blown somewhere. Kill, you'd have to kill Victorian, Victarion, I suppose, to do that. And he's, he's not in a position to do that at the moment because he's on a ship at sea uh-huh. surrounded by other ironborns. So for long. That's not going to happen until, at least, till he gets to shore. So we'll, we'll wait and see on that. Um, but remember, though, we talked about this a little earlier, the notion of Victarion maybe being dead. We talked about this in the Battle of Fire episode also, but just a quick tidbit on that. Remember, Victarion's point of view shifts from his inner monologue to a narrator during that
1: mm-hmm. scene
0: where he's getting his new burned arm. And that's part of why we think he might not be living, or maybe yeah. that maybe Makoro just ensorcered him somehow, <laughs> uh-huh. somehow yeah. like put a, put a spell on him.
1: That's you know? true. Could've... Here we
0: are talking about how there's not a lot of magic in the series, and we're <laughs> talking about <laughs> him being, you know, controlled or something like that. Yeah. But of course... We not knew a, that lot magic magic is items, not a lot of magic items. Not a lot of magic items. Makoro is not an item.
1: He's a
0: person. His arm <laughs> isn't really a magic item either. <laughs> an arm item. is not an item.
1: That's true. Jamie's arm is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, a golden hand. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, the horn, though, might not be so foreign in concept or intended use to someone like Makoro or, say, Marvin the Mage. Mm. You know? Yeah, uh, he, he's on his way there. Uh, especially given our thoughts on why Makoro could be lying or at least distorting the truth. Yeah. So Tyrion, though, is another person who should at least know a few things on the subject. He certainly is very well read on dragons in general, and I'm mm. sure he has seen, me- if Daenerys has heard sorceress horns, I feel like it's likely that Tyrion has heard mention of horns.
0: That'd be, a yeah, I'd be yeah. really surprised if Tyrion doesn't at least have some familiarity with the horns. Yes. He's had to have read a few things
1: about them. But now consider that Volantis was founded by the Valyrians, and has never been destroyed or conquered by outsiders. There's bound to be some knowledge written or no about dragons and dragon horns and the like. Giant game of telephone if it's not written.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, we can't use Westeros as a great example of how much dragon knowledge there should be out there. Um, because that knowledge would have been brought by the Targaryens and maybe some of it would have been relearned. But there is uh, there was a guy named Septon Barth who was made Hand of the King by Jaehaerys. Now, Septon Barth wrote a lot about dragons. He knew a lot about dragons and wrote a lot about it. Sadly, mm-hmm. Baylor the Blessed, also known as Baylor the Befuddled, Baylor the First, he mm-hmm. considered Barth's writings to be heretical and had them gathered and burned. So whatever great knowledge we had in Westeros is destroyed. Mm-hmm. But consider what uh, Ashea was just saying about the collected writings in Volantis. There has to be something that survived there. There's Volantis mm-hmm. was never destroyed, never conquered, never sacked, nothing like that. There's these Inner walls. There's the outer walls, and then there's the inner walls, and the inner walls is where the old blood lives, and they've probably got some old scrolls, some old knowledge passed down from family to family. Certainly, some old books, I would think. There's mm-hmm. probably something in there that, that that can tell us more. And I've got to think that some of that information filtered into the great into the Red Temple as well. Some of those guys got a hold of some of that knowledge. So it's really not a stretch at all to think that they would have some of that information themselves. Yeah,
1: who else? I mean, think about how much they would care about that, with the red god. Of really course they care about dragons. Of yeah, it has got to be super
0: important. To them. So if
1: you're the high priest of the red temple and you're sending a representative to the person you consider to be the savior and that savior has dragons... I think you'd choose someone that had, you know, some subject matter expertise. <laughs> yeah, like I think, that... <laughs> I think if like one person in all of the temple knows about dragons, which is unlikely I think more than one person would, if one person has a lot of knowledge, you would send that one person.
0: Yeah. The one the one that's the biggest expert that's also, you know, the most competent in other areas. So, <laughs> and if not, you'd educate that person yeah. with you'd have the guy that knows the most about dragons educate the one that's going to be going in there and doing the job. So, now, if the timeline were a little different, things could go a lot smoother. It's kind of fun to think about that. Several people who know a lot about dragons and dragon horns, like we're saying, Marwyn and Makoro himself and Tyrion. Uh-huh. If these people were to just get there a little sooner, they could prepare Daenerys for what might be about to happen. But it looks like Victorian is getting there first. He's outracing all these helpers.
1: Uh-huh. So
0: that's just not going to happen, I don't think.
1: So the education on horns and dragons may have to focus on topics like How to Steal Back a Dragon, the (laughs) newest movie in theaters, and How to Undo the the Effects of a Dragon Horn. It would be the sequel of How to Tame
0: Your Dragon, How to to Steal It Back, or How to Train Your Dragon, How to Steal Back Your Dragon.
1: Yes. How to Undo the Effects of a Dragon Horn. I hope they know how to do that. Yeah,
0: (laughs) we'll see. Otherwise, we... But if not, or even if so, maybe it happens later, the bottom line seems to be... That a second dance of the dragons has been foreshadowed numerous places in the text. Mm-hmm. Partly just because the first one has been referred to so many times. And George has shown a lot that history repeats itself. We've got mm-hmm. a ton of parallels. Yeah, and of
1: he wanted to write the princess and the queen.
0: A- yeah, any he, anybody... He put off
1: the she-wolves who, of Winterfell for that. Just
0: for that, it's true. We've, anyone who's followed our podcast for a while has probably noticed that there's tons of parallels. You take things that happened in, back in history, in, in the, the timeline of Westeros you're going to find a lot of those things kind of repeat themselves in the timeline of the five books. (laughs) So a lot of the history that we actually put through the show is actually foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we really feel strongly that there's going to be another Dance of the Dragons, but you can't take that literally. There's already one kind of being set up. Mm-hmm. Aegon and Daenerys—that's a yeah. bit of a dance of the dragons of itself. Yeah, but figurative not a, dance. yeah it's a the figurative dragon. one because Aegon isn't doesn't have a dragon, but he is mm-hmm. figuratively is a dragon.
1: Or there's a literal dance where Euron or Victarion get dragon, get a dragon. And the mother of dragons is forced to ride her child, Drogon, into battle against one of her other children. Now, that would be hard That would her. be
0: really heartbreaking. It would be kind of it terrible. Could be, but it could be both. It could be the most likely thing. <laughs> because it's so terrible. That might be why we should be predicting it. Yeah. But we'll just yeah. have to see.
1: Yes. So, uh, thank you for listening. Um, or watching. As or both. Ha- yeah, as mm-hmm. it happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Time to introduce, it's time to say our standard outro, you know? Yes, our standard
0: <laughs> outro that we love so much. Yes. yes. We have, we're on Facebook, of course. Check us out there. Give us a like. We occasionally post some fun tidbits there.
1: That's mm-hmm. facebook.com slash Westeros History. Yep, yep. Uh, we're uh, on YouTube. If you're watching it, you know. If you're not, you know, you can, on YouTube, we are, our name is AA Podcast because YouTube is. Yeah,
0: Yeah. never mind about it, that. It, We're AA mind. Podcast.
1: We're AA Podcast. Or you
0: can search for History of West or you should find Yeah, you us.
1: should find us. We're on Twitter, Twitter dot com slash Westeros history. Yep. Gmail on, Westeros history at gmail dot com.
0: We're on Tumblr. History of Westeros dot tumblr dot com. Yes. Now we're of course we're on iTunes. That's a big one. Please, uh, if you do listen to us on iTunes, or even if you don't, if you don't mind heading over there, give us a rating. That's really important for us. Mm-hmm. And if you would be so generous, you could help us out with a donation to help keep us going to pay for our costs of technology mm-hmm. and the website that we're building. And, and it's pretty of course, close to
1: done. It's looking pretty good. Yeah, it is
0: looking really good. We can't wait to show it to you guys. We're going to have a lot of uh, tools for through some of our data and through our episodes, some essays linked to some other sources, other websites that we find valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of those, uh, some thanks to some of our friends and other sources. Of course mm-hmm. WestRest.org and Tower of the Hand are mm-hmm. the big ones, mm-hmm. but also some of our friends on the Westrust.org forums. Uh, Thomas aka Lord Varus gave us some help with this one. Uh, a couple of his insights were really valuable mm-hmm. to coming up with some of the theories in this episode, mm-hmm. so shout out to him. And any other people that posted theories and and, um, ideas for the dragon horn, we may have Mm -hmm. picked up on some of those things. A lot of this we came up on our own, but a lot of it we did from reading and pulling Mm -hmm. other people's theories together and refining them and Mm -hmm. kind of making them our own. But Mm -hmm. credit where credit's due, even though we don't have all your names here, you know who you
1: are. So, yeah, we're sorry this episode is out a day late. We got a new kitten on Saturday, as you saw in the video. You are if, wa- yeah. if you're watching the video, you saw her. She's so cute. Her name is Koja Moe. hmm After, you know, Koja Moe, the That's archer it. in the cinnamon wind. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we got her, and we just really underestimated just how cute she would be, and she kept us up all She kept me up all night. <laughs> I couldn't leave her alone. And, anyways, she, you know won't, she won't be so cute in two weeks. <laughs> it won't be delayed again. Okay. Anyways, thanks for listening. We're History of Westeros podcast. See you
0: next time.